Aaron Hogan now ready to go on the Matt Mosley Show from the Horn, Austin, Texas. Aaron, are you uh, are you are you indoors right now? Are you staying cool? I I was just talking about the fact that you were uh, tweeting about some record temps in Austin. And I want to congratulate Austin for perhaps either tying or breaking its record at 110 degrees. What, uh, Aaron, uh, welcome to the show, and tell us, where where are you guys today, about 108 or 109? I'm in the same car I was in yesterday tweeting, Matt, and it said 107. So, yes, it is <laughs> a little bit of a reprieve, but not much. I hit 111 yesterday when I was tweeting that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a summer. There's no doubt about that. Oh, man. And, uh, oh, uh, you can hear Aaron, E, and Rod B, of course, on the uh, the horn. And, uh, Aaron, this is uh, – we're getting closer to it. Got to be a weird feeling for you and all the Horns fans, the excitement of going to the SEC, but one last go-around at the Big 12. Where's everybody, all y'all's callers and everybody, where's where's everybody's head been approaching this season? Are they – I mean, are you paying attention to what the Big 12 is doing with adding all these teams, realignment talk, Aaron, or are people just kind of, are they getting really focused for what could be a run at a Big 12 title? I mean, everybody's predicted the Longhorns, but uh, I feel like maybe that's happened before and it hasn't. Uh, so kind of where, what's, what's the pulse of uh, Longhorn Nation right now? Yeah, you. Uh, I think you said it right, Matt. It's an interesting time. I mean, uh, everybody's excited. I think in Longhorn fan and fandom to be in the SEC, but they're also a little bit nervous about it. As far as are they ready to play at that level and compete there? Because let's be honest, they haven't exactly lit the world on fire in the current Big Twelve. And so I think it kind of coincides, and I think that coincides with this year, Matt, because you know it, it, the, med- the, the the idea is, as you said, they're picked by everybody to win it. They're the highest ranked team in the Big Twelve. There's no other Big 12 teams ahead of them that should be able to derail them if they take care of their business. So it's one of those, there's an excitement to try to bookend the Big 12 because the Longhorns won the first Big 12 championship back in the mid-90s when they beat Nebraska. Uh, they've only won two others since then, which is amazing, but they have a chance to win a, a one on the way out and kind of put a bookend on their time in the Big 12 conference and at the same time signal that they're they're ready to compete uh, at the levels of the SEC. And I think that's the, the exciting part for Steve, Steve Sarkeesian and his staff. They've built a really talented team. Uh, they just have to go perform now. And the, the thing that Sark keeps saying, Matt, about this year is there's a lot of guys on this team, uh, this current year's team, that have no plans to play in the SEC. This is it for them. Uh, they've come back for super senior seasons in the case of Jordan Whittington or Christian Jones at right tackle or – uh, Jalen Ford chose to the linebacker chose to come back instead of going to the NFL. Uh, you know, Quinn Ewers would like to have a great year and then maybe put himself into the NFL conversation. So yes, I, I think that's the, the leaders of the team uh, are the ones, according to Sark, that are pushing the idea of let's no, we don't care about the SEC. We don't ever plan on playing in the SEC. We're going to play one great year here in the Big 12, get out with a championship potentially, and then you guys will be ready to go. So that's kind of the mindset. It, it, it's focused on this year. But I, everyone understands what's coming beyond it. Do you? Um, isn't it interesting for yours the excitement around him? But I don't know if there's any backup quarterback. He may be the third string for all we know. Arch Manning. That there's more talk and excitement around, not only because of his name, because of the talent level that he has. 
Um, just in the little that you've gotten to see him perform with the team, whether it be uh, he was there in the spring, um, some of these practices and everything, is Arch, I mean, do we think he's ahead of schedule? Are people trying to make him ahead of schedule? Where is uh, where is he in, in everything right now? And, I mean, it, it's, it's almost kind of like if Arch isn't the starter next year, it's going to be some kind of major disappointment or something. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, you know, I think it's a good problem for Steve Sarkeesian. You can never have too many quarterbacks. But in this case, yeah, it's hard to find a scenario that it, it is perfectly smooth. But I think, uh, I think tomorrow, it's good that we're talking today, because tomorrow there's a scrimmage. Uh, it's their final scrimmage, full squad scrimmage of the camp. They, they've had this will be their second. And the first one was kind of a, according to Steve Sarkeesian, was kind of a show me what you got. And then tomorrow is the depth chart builder. It's going to be deciding who gets mm. the one spot, who gets the two, and you know, in some key spots, the Longhorns don't have many questions uh, as far as those spots. I mean, they've got a, a corner position, a, a linebacker next to Jalen Ford, right guard is probably up for debate. But but a backup quarterback is there's still a battle. And to your point uh, and your question, Arch has had a great camp by all accounts. Arch has had a really really good camp. You know, when he got here for the spring practice, he was an early enrollee. And, you know, as Sark kept saying, he should have been going to his high school prom and doing high school stuff. Instead, he was there. And it showed a little bit, but he came in as a hard worker. And, uh, you know, Malik Murphy, the other quarterback, who's who's pretty highly talented himself, he had a great spring game and had a good spring. So the thought was he would be the obvious backup and Arch would be red-shirted or, or third string. By all accounts, in the last three weeks, and really through the summer, Arch is a fast learner, and Arch has uh, really come fast. And so he's pushing – uh, Malik Murphy for that backup job. I think most believe it'll be Malik at the same time, but you know Arch could win that backup job. And then we've got a real interesting question because uh, that would obviously signify that if something were to happen to Quinn Ewers, as we saw last year happen, you know it might be Arch Manning that goes in first, not Malik Murphy. But that's to be determined still. But he's making it difficult on Steve Sarkeesian. He's making it hard. The you know this in the first scrimmage they had last Saturday, Matt. He had a I think it was written by nationally. He had a 60-yard touchdown run where he ran away from the defense and showed more speed than people expect. Uh, The other part of that is he showed great quarterback awareness because he really quickly read a man defense and read a blitz. And then, you know, instead of trying to take, you know, he immediately read, looked for a passing lane, dropped his head and took off, uh, immediately recognizing that there was open spaces. Uh, So he's really, that's the other word, he's making decisive decisions from the pocket uh, good decisions from the pocket uh, and getting the ball or doing what he needs to do to advance the team. So that's where Arch is. I mean, as far as how it's going to play out, I don't think anybody knows. I've been on record here on the horn. I believe Quinn Ewers, uh, Matt, will either be in the NFL draft in April or he will be transferring. Because if he's in the, if he has a good year or even a great year this year, I believe he and his family want to be a part of the draft in 2024. That's why they reclassified when he and didn't go to his senior year of high school. They've been kind of trying to get on this clock since he was at South Lake Carroll. Uh, if he has a bad year uh, and, you know, he gets either benched or someone takes his job, we're going to see him in the portal going somewhere else. I mean, I know that sounds maybe a little hyperbolic, but I think those are the two options for Quinn. He knows what's behind him. He knows the national storyline. And if he doesn't get it done, uh, he won't be here uh, playing college football. I think in his ideal world, he'd be in the draft in April. I have no problem with hyperbolic talk, all right, Aaron? Uh, Aaron Hogan from the Horn. I think it's a good fit on my show uh, for that. And, uh, Aaron, that's uh, you and Rod, man, it's, uh, that's been a lot of fun over the years. You all do, you all have a lot of callers. Some of our 
people listen to you guys and then listen to our show. So we got some crossover. So people in Waco are kind of excited to to hear from Aaron Hogan and see what you guys are up to. I'm trying to think who you used to be on with. Like, seemed like maybe Bucky. I mean, there, there have been some interesting uh, folks over the years that you were. I mean, y'all's. Austin radio is so interesting, and I'm sure it also feels chaotic at times. But, like, you know, Chip, for instance, is a longtime friend of mine for the morning news. And I'll look on his Twitter, and it'll be like, he's on something completely different. So it's a strange uh, it's a strange world we all live in. But it seems, it just seems, radio and media seems more chaotic than ever. And you've been a program director, so you know all these uh, stories. But with with... I mean, the thing is about Texas, though, there's always somebody that wants to hear something about the Longhorns. It's kind of like the Dallas Cowboys to a certain extent. I mean, how many different, like, Horns 24-7, how many things are there on Texas now? Rivals 24-7, are there like seven different publications, would you say? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a big three or four, but yes. I mean, obviously the Longhorns are a huge brand, and win or lose, people care got a large and passionate fan base and alumni base. As far as what's happened in Austin, we at the Horn just had a – It's a, in media and all over all over the country, it's a different, difficult economy. We had uh, we had to scale back, and the Horn, the, the, we're, the Horn in Austin is a locally owned group uh, by a group here in Austin. It's not a corporation. And, you know, we'd gotten to where we were over our skis a little bit as far as, you know, Monthly monthly bills on top of what we owed every month, I guess, was the way they put it to us, and they, they cut some people. So, yeah, Bucky was part of that. Unfortunately, I worked with Bucky for a long time. He's landed on his feet. He's doing a, a new event, new uh, new endeavor called Texas Sports Unlimited, which is which is a group of guys that used to be with us and some others that are uh, doing a deal. So as far as the numbers, yeah, there's orangebloods.com. There's Horns 24-7, Orangebloods is the rivals. There's Horns 24-7, which is the 24-7 site. There's... Uh, Bobby Burton and the team at Inside Texas, which is the On Three Sports platform. Uh, there's there's Burnt Orange, Burnt Orange Nation. There's there there's a there's a bunch. But the, <laughs> those are really the big three, and now the new one with Texas yeah. Sports Unlimited. Uh, there's a new ESPN affiliate here in town. So yeah, I mean me, media is, is shuffling. I think is the way to put it. It's kind of it's yeah. similar, but uh, there's cert- certainly plenty of interest. And Austin is an ever growing, you know, metroplex. So it's not going away. Uh, it's just sh- in, a, in a transition period right now. In 2023, I think is be the way to put it. But you know, Rod and I are doing five hours each morning, and if anybody's interested, they can find it on the Horn app. Is the easiest way. That's you know, the Horn Austin HornFM.com is our website. You can always find the Horn app and tune in and check it out. Jonathan, uh, to your great show. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, five hours, Aaron. About I just expanded back to three hours. Two hours was one of the greatest things I'd ever done. The one hour is the really that's the dream. But to make any money at this, of course, you've got to do more hours. And uh, yep. five hours, I would be taking a knee. I mean, about I, I might, I might get it to three and a half. Occasionally, I do national shows, and it'll be like something insane, like five in the morning till nine or ten. And that they, they, I used to walk out Dallas radio, and I would hear them. They didn't know I'd walked out of the studio. And I would hear them talking, and I'd hear one of the producers say, what can we do to get Matt engaged? I've got a great partner, and uh, you know, there's enough <laughs> topics to chew on. And uh, you, well, I'll say this, for five hours, we've only been doing that for a few weeks now, but we're oh, ready for some man. games to talk about. We're ready for some actual 
football, not to talk about football, the actual yeah. games to be played. That'll that'll make it a little bit easier, uh, whether it's NFL or college. But yeah, excited to do it. But you're right; it uh, sometimes can get a little get, get a little challenging. But man, what else would you rather be doing? Exactly. We I mean, would hate to be out in the real world. Uh, and the folks who listen to us always, uh, man, I think they appreciate it and all those topics that y'all do. Now, I got to say, that wide receivers room for the Longhorns, that is, uh, that's really uh, pretty remarkable. I mean, I, I, you've been doing this a long time and been observing the Longhorns for a long time. Is this about as deep a group as you can remember? I even think back about, like, Roy Williams and, you know, just some of the greats that they used to have there. And, and it, of course, they'd have three or four really, really talented folks. But this one goes about five deep. And I don't I don't know if Sark, I'm sure at Alabama, he had some rooms that rivaled this. But this is the first time he's had a group that, that really rivaled maybe even some of those Alabama offenses. Um, is is yeah. this take you back even 10 or 15 years in terms of what the Horns have at uh, at wideout? Matt, I would say maybe ever, cause I, and I, well, I will cede it to our, my good friend and Waco, Texas product, Quan Cosby, uh, who was with us, and he was just enshrined in the Longhorn Athletics Hall of Honor this week, or he's going to be going in in September, that was announced. But Quan's a great dude, and a, he says it's, he's been to practices, he thinks it's the, he's the deepest ever, and he was there with Jordan Shipley and himself, and uh, those teams that, you know, he, you know, he was on the team that won the national championship as a freshman in 05. Uh, you, I think the teams you're talking about were, were Mac Brown's early 2000 teams that had yeah. uh, Roy Williams and uh, BJ, BJ Johnson and Sloan Thomas. Yes. They were really talented. Uh, but this group, uh, again, this, this is with this Longhorn team, Matt. It's on paper. I mean, we haven't seen them play a game yet. But with Xavier Worthy, who is, is a dynamic player who gets to go back to his normal slot role and slot position, uh, one of the fastest players on their team. Uh, they've got the the addition of, of A.D. Mitchell uh, needs to be remembered by everybody in the Big 12. A.D. was at, at Georgia, Adani Mitchell, and uh, caught touchdown passes in every playoff game and, and championship game the last two years for the national champions. Big, long receiver who's had a great camp. I mean, he's the one consistent guy when you hear and uh, ask about people, eyewitnesses of practice that Adani Mitchell, A.D. Mitchell, continues to be a standout player. So that's one and two, and then you, then you get to – uh, you know, Jordan Whittington, who's been a standby. Also, there's a, a Wyoming transfer named Isaiah Nayer, who was, you know, making waves last year before he hurt himself in training camp. Uh, and then there's a five-star kid named Jonte Cook from DeSoto, who's also turning heads in camp. He's one of these, you know, Sark who comes from the, the Nick Saban belief that if you're good enough, you're old enough. And uh, if you can play, you can play. And it sounds like Jonte Mitchell, the five-star from DeSoto, is in that conversation. So I think you're right, and I'll go with Quan Cosby on it. He told me he thought it's the it's the deepest. Uh, there may be better tandems, duos, but as far as a room that goes five or six deep with really talented players, it, it's probably as good as Texas has ever had. Which is why I mentioned, you know, Quinn Ewers, you know, takes advantage of that along with Jatavion Sanders at tight end, who might be one of the top two or three tight ends in the country. You know, those that weaponry can lead to a really good season for a quarterback uh, because it's hard to cover all those guys uh, for a defense. puts a lot of stress on on the defensive side. All right, and then the horns, I guess in the five hours, you might have mentioned that Colin Simmons, uh, uh, the uh, the Duncanville kid, I'd, I'd been kind of watching that story. I don't do, I don't talk a ton of recruiting, but boy, those big ones, 
you get kind of excited about, and I would imagine that was a, a celebration as uh, that thing went from, I think it was UT versus LSU, and UT seems to be winning. They've always won a lot of battles on the recruiting trail. But uh, but that that right there, he's a different type talent. That's a different level. And when you get somebody like that, uh, I mean, that can put a jolt through the entire team, kind of like what Arch did. I mean, that, that made a huge, with his class, that made a huge impact, and I think everybody got excited about that. This Colin, you know, the, the pass rusher for Duncanville, um, I, I, Aaron, don't you feel like he's in that kind of category in terms of, or that stratosphere in terms of how recruits can have a bit of a galvanizing impact on a program? No question. I mean, it's, again, why there's so much excitement. Uh, you know, I, I compared exactly like you said. I mean, Arch Manning, you know, Colin Simmons is the defensive version, I think, of Arch because for Sark it signifies uh, back-to-back years getting the number one defensive player in the state because they also got Anthony Hill uh, from Denton Ryan last year. Uh, got him, took him away from A&M. Um, but when A&M had a down year and, and the Texas Longhorns swooped in and, you know, he's already on campus and he's going to be an impact player as a freshman for them on defense, Anthony Hill. And then to add Colin Simmons on top of it who is, I mean, he's crazy. Uh, you know, when, when you, you see that state championship game with they and Dun- Duncanville playing Galena Park North Shore, and he's all he's he's easily the best player on the fo- on the field with all that talent. It really stands out. And so for him to choose Texas, they're 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 and they're anticipating a bit of a Pied Piper effect, just like Arch Manning. That you know, great players want to play with other great players. And now, and and I would say this for for the listeners or for you, Matt. There's no way Texas wins this battle or probably even the battle for Anthony Hill last year if they're not making the move to the SEC. Uh, if, if you're still wondering why, they, why they're moving, uh, they don't get those players. Uh, those players want to play in the SEC. Those guys, everybody Colin Simmons was visiting was LSU. It was A&M. It was Alabama. It was Georgia. Uh, Miami became a, a, a place he liked, but he wasn't ever going to Miami. He wanted to stay close to home. But Texas moving to the SEC, showing the signs of the improvement that they are, uh, won the day, and uh, yeah, Colin Simmons is a big one. I mean, I, we we debated. I've been doing radio in Austin, Matt, for gosh, nearly 20, 23, 24 years, and gosh, you go back to Corey Redding, who's a different style of player, but Corey, coming out of Houston, was the number one defensive player in the country. Uh, Texas has recruited some good defensive players, there's no doubt, but man, uh, we talked to our insiders. The the, the comparison they made to to uh, for Colin Simmons was a couple of other Metroplex pass rushers in Vaughn Miller and Miles Garrett. I mean, that, that, that kind Whoa. of player that neither came to Texas. Those two guys went to A&M. And, you know, think about it. Miles Garrett, when he was uh, in high school, his, be- his best sack year was 22 sacks at, at Arlington in, in, in Irving, or in Arlington. Uh, I think Vaughn Miller's was around 10 or 11, and Colin Simmons had 22 sacks last year uh, for Duncanville. <laughs> uh, he's a big-time player, and they're – they're building something here, Matt. I think I know. I know fans are, aren't Texas fans. Get tired of hearing the, the their back conversation and should be. But mm-hmm. I've not seen a team this talented uh, since since some of Mac Brown's early teams that you know ended up you know building into a decade run. Uh, there, there's a lot of really good players on this campus, and they seem to be united and cohesive around the common goal of winning a Big 12 title. All right, we'll see if anybody can challenge them. Perhaps K State. Maybe it's Texas Tech, Joey McGuire. Who knows? Maybe it's the Bears. They got to come to Baylor early, uh, fairly early. Simmons, since he signed with the Longhorns, his uh, NIL valuation went up by over a hundred thousand dollars. Now valued 
at five hundred and twenty-seven thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen uh, Sark makes Texas has. I mean, you know, they can't recruit to the NIL, but at the same time, other players, you know, the best recruiters right now for Texas are, are Texas players, uh, and they are able to say, "Look, man, the NIL options are here, and opportunities are here." Sark treats it like a business, and he treats these these recruits and these young players like adults. And you know, the Kelvin, I mean, Colin Simmons said that one of the things that sold him on Sark: a, his mom loved Sark and his family, and then you know, Sark had a plan: three years and, and get your degree in three years and get out and get to the NFL, make some money while you're here, and then be a big time player. I mean, that's really Sark is not shying away from the NIL, uh, you know, monster that he has. And um, you know, the, the, why would you? His his philosophies evolve, uh, whether you like it or not. You got to evolve, or, or you're going to get passed passed by. And uh, so embrace it where you can. All right. And then the Aggies, uh, you'll get to play the Aggies again. The Horns will. Everybody, that will be fun in 2024. Aaron, I appreciate it. Why don't you chalk this, see what time is it? Oh, uh, you've done five and a half hours uh, today. All right. We'll just chalk that uh, down. Uh, put... It's Friday. It's Friday, Matt. Piece, piece of cake. We're done for the weekend. All right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great, great to catch up. Really appreciate it. And uh, continued success to you. And uh, we'll hope to see you hopefully in that press box before that uh, Baylor-Texas game. Let's do it. That's going to be a fun one. I'll see you in Waco. And uh, thank you, Matt. You bet. There he goes. Aaron Hogan. Boy, he and Bucky had that show on the horn. Our own Sean Hunt. Big listener to that, having spent time in Austin. Sean Hunt spent time kind of all over the country. Uh, when he was growing up, He's he just knows everybody. And uh, Aaron and Bucky, he enjoyed listening to them. And so wanted to get Aaron on today. Aaron, five hours a day. Aaron, I was kind of three, expanding to three. I've just been kind of like, whoa, are we, are we sure we should have done this? Um, five hours I, I don't know if there's an amount. I'm sure there is an amount, but it, it would have to it would have to climb significantly. Five hours, that's a that is a lot of radio. And I just don't think anybody um I don't know if we've even shown that anybody wants to hear from me for an hour, but five hours I think they would be maybe uh calling it quits. Uh surely not. Maybe they would stay with us for a, a portion of that. 